<laughs> Welcome to Halloween, Jupiter Broadcasting listeners. I have invited my wife, Jackie DeVore, to come and join me on the mic today to talk to you guys a little bit about some Halloween spookiness. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Any of our listeners who were fans of the Friday stream will remember you from episode number 12, Storage Heartbreak, where you came on and talked a little bit about your podcast, Sirens of Scream, and the issues you were having with Twitter. Uh, Would you mind giving us a little refresher on that? Well, I also killed it in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but I guess we don't want to talk about that part. Anyway, yes, we had some issues with Twitter. Um, Sirens of Scream is uh, uh, my horror podcast. Uh, I do that with two other amazing ladies. We've been doing this for about four years. Uh, We talk about anything and everything that is horror related. Uh, We very much support independent creators of all kinds. Um, So when it comes to independent filmmakers, of course, those are always on our radar. So the Soska twins, Jen and Sylvia, uh, were obviously a couple of people that we were familiar with and and very much liked. The Soska twins uh, recently uh, did a remake of the Cronenberg film, Rabbit. It's a very gory film. There's a lot of um, body horror imagery going on. So when they went to promote their film, they posted a lot of gory pictures with it. And uh, Twitter's algorithm <laughs> booted them off of Twitter completely because they were posting uh, some horrific images. And people, I guess, thought that that might be a little bit not happy. Uh, so in the cases like that, one report can get you completely booted off of something like Twitter or Facebook. So they in this uh, process, we're, you know, looking for support from the community. So, of course, we as an independent, very small podcast run by three women ourselves, you know, we turned around and supported them. And somehow that got us banned from Twitter almost immediately, like almost immediately within a couple of hours from posting that. It ended up kind of good for us in the long run, though, because uh, it put us in contact with the uh, Soska sisters themselves, and we had them on our show uh, for an interview. They were a lot of fun. They have an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, horror, so it was really great to have them on the show and talk with them there. So in the process of all this bizarre having to go back and forth with Twitter over our account, over showing some support here, we had one of the better interviews that we've ever had on the show. It kind of worked out well for us in the long run, I guess. But you guys never did get back that old Twitter address and you're using the new one now, right? Actually, we did. Uh, We did end up getting it back. (laughs) Um, But it was several weeks after we started the new Twitter handle. And since we already had a lot of great content on that new Twitter account, we just decided to roll with that instead. Well, I do know you guys are killing it. Well, we do have a great editor. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, full disclosure, I do edit your podcast as well. So um, I do appreciate the kind words. Anyways, the reason I wanted to call you in here today is it is Halloween. Is it? Yeah, right? Who knew? I thought that our listeners might appreciate hearing a little bit about how we met since we've been doing the Halloween thing since 
forever and maybe give out some recommendations for some cool stuff to do on Halloween. It is very true that uh, in our in our personal lives here, when uh, people think of Halloween, they often think of us and they tell us about it a lot. And uh, that's, that's not just a coincidence. We go hard when it comes to Halloween. Yeah, we decorate the entire house inside and out. Uh, although, to be fair, the inside doesn't need a whole lot of touching up because we tend to leave a lot of that stuff up year round. It's kind of our aesthetic. We live this spooky life. <laughs> yeah. But years ago, even before we first met, we were both working on a zombie walk in Asheville, North Carolina. It was such a, a strange way uh, that that happened for me because this was back in the days of uh, MySpace, you know, with your top eight friends. Um, I happened to be friends with um, this fellow, Dan, and he was planning this zombie thing around Asheville. And it was pretty much just him pulling this weird thing together. And I messaged him out of nowhere. I'm like, hey, do you do you need some help? Like I did some uh, crappy little graphics here and there at the time when I was just learning how to do Photoshop. So I helped him, you know, set up some graphics, spread some info around town kind of stuff. And from there, uh, I started helping Dan do it every year. And then he and I ran the show together uh, for quite some time. But little did I know, Drew was also working on the zombie walk. We just hadn't had the occasion to run into each other yet. I was kind of the the technical director and you were one of the lead organizers. And I would come in and essentially do all of the audio and video for various activities that we had like several years we had bands playing so I would be running the sound um that sort of thing. It wasn't until a couple years into it that I started doing more of the organization and being more involved as things were getting more technically demanding. And it was more than just a walk from point A to point B. And that's really when we first met was at a planning meeting with uh, Dan, the the guy who kind of started the whole mess. And yeah, it just kind of went from there, didn't it? Yeah, but it's... It's pretty hilarious because we actually have a photo of us together uh, on either side of a table dressed as zombies eating a woman. Uh, But it's from about three years before we actually met. And coincidentally, we also found out from getting to know each other over the years that years and years before we met, uh, I worked on a haunted house that Drew and his friends used to put on uh, year after year. Yeah, those were good times. That was a lot of fun. And I will never forget the year that it was in my house. So I was living in a haunted house that we had done up as a Southern Baptist hell house. That was, yeah, that was an interesting autumn. That's for sure. (laughs) And hey, now we live in a hundred year old house. So it could be an actual haunted house. In America's most haunted city too. Yeah. And we do have a graveyard in our front yard right now. So Well, and speaking of decorations, uh, you have a habit of making a lot of our decorations, too. And a lot of them are really, really cool. You want to tell us a little bit about your process there? I'm an artist, and I tend to get extremely extra with a a lot of uh, things that I build. I, I like to just 
create new things a lot. And Halloween being one of the biggest things that uh, inspires me or, you know, spooky things in general. I tend to go hard when it comes to Halloween crafts. One year, I decided we needed a gothic window on the outside of our house. Uh, So what started out as a thin piece of a foam board ended up being completely plastered and then dripping with a huge mound of skulls and then topped with uh, candles that lit by LED candles uh, with LED lights. Well, you can't go wrong with a mound of skulls. I mean, (laughs) they're... There's a lot of construction foam involved in those skulls. <laughs> <laughs> that was I feel like that was one of my more involved uh household Halloween uh crafts there. Uh we've also turned our house into a monster house a few times. Ah uh, yeah, with the teeth across the front porch and light up eyes and on the second story and oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I like the monster house. It's still my favorite. Yeah, the monster house is cool. Uh we do have pending plans to turn our entire house into a uh castle. We did start on the castle facade one year, but we got hit by a hurricane, so we had to postpone those plans. Uh, We didn't actually do any super involved Halloween crafts this year. I got uh, busy with uh, helping with a couple of friends with their wedding, uh, which took major priority over Halloween crafts. Uh, I did have a witch and cauldron uh, shadow display planned. Uh, I wanted to surprise you with that, but Aww. you'll you'll see it for next year, I'm sure. Yeah, well, and to be fair, we're not even going to be in the right city for Halloween this year. Yeah, but other people would see it. Yeah, that's true. I also made that um, the cauldron that has that lights up from inside uh, with the purple film over it and uh, foam uh, falling over the top. And actually made embers to go underneath it so that it looks like it's actually on fire from under it. Oh, yeah. And that was with like construction foam and red LED lights, right? Yeah, just like in a baking tray. And yeah, worked out pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the lights finally died, but yeah, we used that thing for like three or four years, right? Oh, no, that thing lasted uh, before we moved here. Yeah, that was like a five year kind of thing. It was good. It was a hearty one. Yeah, for like, Four bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that was a hearty one. <laughs> On Halloween, we, like a lot of other people, will sit around and watch a whole bunch of scary movies. And I wanted to bring over something that you guys do in The Sirens for our audience and give out a few recommendations, but with a little bit of a twist. Since you guys already do a 31 Days of Horror episode every year where you give out 31 recommendations, one for each day of October, I thought we could talk about some scary movies that have a specific angle related to tech. There are a ton of uh, horror movies and horror stories and just horror in general that is geared toward technology. Future tech kind of horror is getting more and more popular. A lot of times it will come together with the sci-fi world and uh, you'll see a lot of um, a lot of horror elements in some of the darker sci-fi. So with that prefacing here, a few horror technology specific recommendations might be Cube, which you actually had me watch and it was 
Very cool. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's from Canadian director Vincenzo Natali. And it's about a group of people who wake up in this constantly shifting death trap. And the whole thing is sort of like if Saw were a good movie. <laughs> that's, a good <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Next on our list is uh, one that I think every podcaster and maybe even every podcast listener should watch at some point. And that's Pontypool. And Pontypool is technically about radio technology, but it uh, has to do with a radio DJ uh, that is reporting from a basement radio station in Canada. And by the way, there is actually a town called Pontypool in Canada. There's also one in the UK as well, which we found out by talking to some of the other JB guys about this movie. In fact, uh, Brent has been through uh, Pontypool and didn't realize it until we were talking <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> yeah, he got super excited in our little uh, group telegram when he realized, oh, wait, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, Brent's wonderful. <laughs> it has a really interesting uh, process to it that we haven't really seen before in horror films. When you watch a lot of horror, that's, that's something that you don't take for granted. Original ideas are few and far between. So that's, that's something that's very important there. Yeah, they really are. And then the next one that we wanted to talk about was uh, this cool little indie film called Ex Machina. And it's all about robots. Ex Machina will actually have several familiar faces in it if you watch any British television at all. Oscar Isaac and Domhnall Gleeson are uh, two of the main stars of the film. And they are uh, gaining quite recognition in British television. Uh, this is one of those films that really plays on tension, and it is one of those films that it intentionally tries to confuse you. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the movie, and it is brilliantly acted, uh, which is what really did it for me. So this is the kind of film where you really have to have the right people portraying these characters, and I felt like they did that really well. And the next one here is also a little indie film called uh, The Signal. Uh, this one, I feel like, isn't very well known, which is a shame because it's a great one. Yeah, it was filmed in and around Atlanta by a bunch of um, indie horror filmmakers that you know, kind of do the the festival circuit and all know each other and decided, hey, let's do an anthology film. Anthology films usually don't really get a lot of recognition anyways, but especially when you take a bunch of people who aren't very well known in their own right and put them together for an anthology film, eh, you know, it's not going to be big. But I thought it was a lot of fun. And all four of the stories are kind of connected by a through line of a particular uh, signal that's coming through the television that's causing people to go crazy. It's a wild ride. And each of the sections, even though the same two main characters are in them, they're wildly different. Yet they all fit together so nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I wanted to bring up a podcast that's kind of along the same lines. It's called The Message. And it was a miniseries that was produced by GE, of all people. 
it was really good. The acting and the production values and everything about it were through the roof. I really, really enjoyed it. They had a sequel called Life After, which I didn't think was nearly as good as the original one, but definitely check out the message. It's a short little miniseries. You can get through it in a couple hours, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Related, there's also a series that is told in a podcast format called The Black Tapes, uh, which has a very similar idea to The Message. Uh, this podcast is actually a lot more popular than The Message. However, I'm just going to put it bluntly, The Message is better. Uh, the Black Tapes is good. It's it's interesting, but I, f- I feel like it kind of falls off toward the end, and it gets a little bit repetitive. However, uh, the message, I felt, keeps your attention through the entire story, and it knows when to stop. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I haven't listened to The Black Tapes all the way through yet, but what I did hear, I liked. I just, I'm not sure if I can go through, how many seasons did I have? Was it two whole seasons? Three, actually. But if you do get through the signal, the message, and you want more of that world, then maybe uh, check out the black tapes. And so the last one we wanted to talk about here is a really cool movie called Upgrade. This is maybe not quite horror horror. It's an action movie, and it's about a guy who gets an upgraded body, essentially. He goes on a tale of revenge. I don't really want to say more about it beyond that, except for if you're squeamish about gore. This this isn't the one for you. Don't do this one. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and steer clear. This isn't your story. Just move on. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a fan of, you know, action films like maybe John Wick or, you know, anything like that, maybe the Taken series, and you want something that's a little grittier, a little uh, more sci-fi, give this one a shot. It was not a huge movie. It is well worth your time. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah, th- there's a lot of great dark humor in it as well. Uh, there is quite a bit of horror to it. So that's why I would put it with horror recommendations. Um, but yeah, there's a strong uh, technology edge here. So it definitely belongs in this category. Yeah. Uh, we do actually have a couple other things to talk about here. One of them is Black Mirror, uh, which is not a movie. It's a show. Uh, but it is basically, what if technology was trying to kill you, the show? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm i sure every listener of Jupiter Broadcasting has at least heard of Black Mirror. But if you haven't checked it out... Now is the perfect time. It's on Netflix. You can go through the whole thing. It was a Netflix-BBC collaboration. There's even one season that is just a choose-your-own-adventure season, and it's ridiculously fun. It's a really great show, and it's super popular for a reason. So if you haven't done so already, definitely check out Black Mirror. And the final thing that I want to mention in this recommendations list here is the podcast Ghosts in the Burbs. Uh, The entire series is about um, a woman who interviews her haunted neighbors in her uh, very well-to-do town, which is in the suburbs of uh, Boston. Uh, But one specific episode, number 45, The Singularity, 
is about technology kind of stalking this woman. And uh, Liz, the author of these stories, she writes very well, and she's very fun to listen to. Uh, so that particular episode is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, however, if you're just a fan of ghost stories, I would recommend starting from the beginning. Yeah, I love this podcast so much. And she's on a break right now. But I know you have a bit of a personal relationship with Liz Sauer, don't you? Yes. Uh, Liz actually came on The Sirens a long time ago. Um in fact, I think her episode is still our highest rated episode, which is hilarious. But um, Liz and I became friends and uh, I designed her T-shirts and uh, mugs for her. I did uh, a few different designs for her podcast there. Um, she, I mean, she and I just have a lot of spooky interests in common. <laughs> so we just kind of became buds there and... Uh, I've been helping her with some designs here and there. And Drew, you actually edited, was it her book for her? I did the mastering for her audiobook, Claire, to get that up on Audible. She's a fantastically fun person and her stories are absolutely wonderful. And if you're a fan of horror, you should definitely check out Sirens of Scream, Jackie's podcast with Sierra Halk and Melissa Megan co-hosting. It is a really cool podcast with lots of girl power. Whoa, 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 whoa. This, this ain't the 90s. We don't say girl power anymore. We are women. Come on. Oh, well, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, you know, I guess I do still say things like rad. So maybe I'm a little old school. Uh, and we did also recently put out the 31 Days of Horror. So if you do like recommendations, uh, these would mostly be outside of the realm of horror and technology combined. But if you like horror and you want more uh, recommendations, check out the 31 Days of Horror episode. That's where we give you a new horror recommendation for every day in October. Uh, however, just a little secret that we don't tell everybody, it doesn't specifically have to be October for you to watch those things. <laughs> yeah, it certainly isn't for us. We watch horror movies all year round. Well, Jackie, where can people find you? I am Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Sirens of Scream is sirensofscream.com. And what are they on Twitter these days? Sirens Podcast. Yeah, and definitely check out Jackie's Instagram. She posts all kinds of her weird artwork and uh, horror-related things, and also lots and lots and lots of pictures of our bunnies. Yay. So you get the sweet with the horror as well. And I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at Drew of Doom. And Jackie, thank you so much for joining me. And let's wish everybody a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You guys stay safe, stay spooky, and have a good October 31st. We'll see you in November.